Greetings, my fellow NBA and cannabis enthusiasts. Welcome to the NBA Cannabisura Podcast, where we will discuss the hottest topics around the National Basketball Association and the cannabis world. Whether you're a casual fan or a fanatic, I'm excited to share these events with you. So get comfortable, because we have some interesting stories to share. So our first topic of the day is which team so far 15 days into the season um, are surprising to me. So first on that list, we have the Orlando Magic. Uh, Nikolai Vucevic is truly carrying the Magic to their 5-2 and two record. He's shooting an absurd 61% true shooting, 47% on five three-point attempts a game. And interestingly, he hasn't had a single dunk through their seven games. He's been asked to take more of the shooting as Orlando has gone all in on Fultz running the offense. And this means that he needs to space to drive, pushing Vic out further. Thus, he's also had a lower number of two-point field goals assisted, meaning he's been throwing the ball and asked to make something happen, and he's been succeeding. I think this dependence on him will continue to grow as the season progresses. He's really the only player on the Magic team that demands a special kind of defensive attention. Without him, this team is a bunch of non-shooters and iso-ball wannabes. Some may call it a hot streak, but let's not forget he had a very good series against the Bucks in the bubble. I think he's an all-star, despite there not being any all-star game. Um, and also, Markel Fultz has really stepped up, in a way, getting back to his true self. Um, next on that list, we have the Raptors. The Raptors have had terrible struggles uh, scoring, and they really haven't gotten anything from Pascal Siakam that they envisioned they were going to get when he became their leading man, and having admitted to some problems of cohesions and resiliency. Um, to their credit, they haven't played the R card, which as in relocation. Um, they're playing in Orlando right now since they're located in Canada. Canada, I guess, is still shut down. So I can see how that can affect their play. But also, um, Pascal Siakam really was pretty shitty in the bubble uh, last season. So this is kind of wild, but not all that wild, I will say. So for our next segment, Here's a few takeaways from the first two weeks of the season. A radio play-by-play man named Sean Grain for the Boston Celtics pulled together a pretty fascinating set of stats as the season wrapped up week two. Eight teams that played into September in the Orlando bubble restart, who began last season with around a .67 win percentage, had dipped to around .511. Meanwhile, the eight teams not invited into the bubble went from around a .297 start last season to around a .411 start this year. This shows that an increased fatigue factor has been in play with some of these early standings, but the Los Angeles Lakers played to the literal end of the bubble and they haven't missed a beat, so no way struggling teams like the Toronto Raptors and the Denver Nuggets are going to blame that for their terrible start, but it seems like the Nuggets are turning theirs around. Um, our next one is a trend that was most apparent on Christmas Day when the five games were decided by a total of 116 points has continued, according to Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press. 25% of the games played so far have seen one team leading by at least 30 points. 
The past three seasons, that rate was 10%, 11%, and 9%, respectively. Why? Pick your theory. I'm thinking is maybe the fans, maybe like that not motivation maybe, but these are professional players, so I don't want to chalk it up to that. The flattening of any real home court advantage, maybe empty buildings, um, those game adjust those game to game adjustments when facing a foe back to back dates, which I've kind of enjoyed seeing. I don't know. I I can't really say if it's a definitive answer because I'm not an NBA player, but it's been interesting to see. Um, and we'll be right back. I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor for today's video. Um, give them a follow on Instagram at cookie underscore buddy underscore munchie. I know, you know, some people aren't fans of dogs, but these dogs are really special to me. They've put a lot of, they've put a lot into, into me in this show. So I just want to give them a, a you know, some recognition here. Uh, they're located on Instagram and you can find their Instagram in my link tree in my bio on Instagram. Um, thank you. Now back to the show. Somebody tell me what is the NBA without some crazy hypothetical trade scenario? No answers? Exactly. So hear me out. Hard in the Golden State? Here's that case for it. Even though they've been looking okay, but they're still I don't see them making the playoffs without Curry going literal 2015-2016 on us. So Curry isn't getting any younger, and I highly doubt that he really wants to go through a rebuild. Harden, I believe, is the best available player that Golden State will be able to acquire during Curry's prime. Golden State could continue printing money from their new arena with a contender built around Curry and Harden, and eventually Thompson when he comes back. Golden State has already incorporated uh, ISO-heavy score into their system. You know, that guy Kevin Durant. Um, and the Minnesota pick, the Minnesota pick plus Wiseman and Wiggins as a filler is a pretty competitive package that would be moved or could be moved to a third team if need be. Example, Toronto sends out Siakam for Wiggins, Wiseman, especially if Brown, Ingram, and Simmons aren't available at the right place. Uh, Houston, I believe, has enough leverage on Golden State that they could extract more picks if necessary and then flip those picks for, you know, misfit players just to fill it up. Um, I guess an example would be maybe Aaron Gordon or Zach Levine. Um, all that while keeping the Minnesota pick, which would be kind of pivotal because they aren't about to do shit. This could be accomplished by finding a team with a large trade exception, uh, New Orleans if I remember right, Boston or OKC, um, to take Aaron Gordon's contract and attaching the Covington pick, creating a large trade player exception for Houston. Crazy hypothetical, I know, but you got to have something interesting to, you know, gossip about. And who says no? What are the what's let's see the Warriors record right now? Yeah, the Warriors are four and four, so maybe I'm just overreacting. But you know, you never know. I don't know if Harden, due to their due to the 
you know, his team not being so bad. I don't know if he's still wanting to waltz out the door, but currently they're sitting at 13th in the West and they're two and four. So I don't, they haven't been fully healthy, I believe. So we're just due to see. I like Harden right now on the Rockets, especially paired up with Christian Wood and John Wall. But more, I would say, Christian Wood. But it's just due to see, um, to be honest. Yeah. Damn, damn, damn. A few hours after recording our previous segment on the Orlando Magic, news came back that their guard, Markel Fultz, is going to miss the rest of the season after suffering a torn ACL in his left knee during Wednesday's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Fultz went down while driving through the paint just minutes into the game, and the team ruled him out for the remainder of the contest. Shortly thereafter, noting he would be further evaluated. The point guard had a great bounce back last season, averaging 12 points, 5 assists, 3.3 rebounds, and 1.3 steals while helping lead Orlando into the playoffs. He's been even better through the first seven games this season with 14 points, 6 assists, and 3.6 rebounds, and one steal a night. It's really sad, you know, we all really kind of know his story and how he's gotten here. And to lighten the mood, Fultz did sign a $50 million extension last month with the Magic. Kind of as a show of good faith for the work he's put in. But it's still really sad. He put out a statement saying, Thank you all for your thoughts and prayers during this time. God has a plan for me and I know that this adversity will only make me stronger in the end. I believe in my brothers on this team and we have so much more to prove. To all the fans, keep riding with us. I'm going to approach this recovery with all my heart and be the best teammate I can be with this organization. Faithful to the grind. It's really sad to see. Like, I literally recorded it maybe a couple hours ago. Can't even say that. But, yeah, it's sad. In defense of the Magic, maybe, they have Cole Anthony still, the rookie. So, who's to say how that will work out for them, but... Man, that's a that's a blow right there, honestly. So in our final segment today, I asked the question, does Marvin Bagley need a new home? His father seems to believe so. On the 2nd of January this year, Team Bagley, his father on Twitter tweeted, please, Sacramento Kings, please trade Marvin Bagley III ASAP. Love, Coach Bagley. And I'm pretty sure he proceeded to delete the tweet. And somebody took, of course, it's Twitter in the 21st century. They took a screenshot and he retweeted it. He retweeted a screenshot that somebody else posted. Uh, The quote tweet was Marvin Bagley's dad has requested a trade out of Sacramento for his son. Yikes. And then earlier this year, he tweeted, once sense does it make, and he spelt sense wrong. What sense does it make to treat Marvin Bagley III this way? No worries, it'll surely work out. Now, I personally like Marvin Bagley. You know, I when he came into the, the league, you know, I, I was kind of a fan. Um, but to, to 
put it nicely, Marvin Bagley hasn't been good. I'm going to tell you his stats. Um, he's been in the league three years. He's averaged 11.9. No, that's not it. He's averaged 12 points, 14.2 points, and 14.9 points, respectively. Um, so there's rebounds. He's averaged 8.6 rebounds, 7, and 7.6. So that's not really bad. Um, but yeah, to put it plainly, he hasn't been very good. He's not shaking off Russ. Um, what trade value really is there out there for him? You know, um, I, I really can't tell you what that is. Um, but on a more clear point, NBA players, parents have to realize how much power they hold just in their hands with Twitter, you know, like nobody's going to really be asking your father about things they tweeted. They're going to be asking you. Um, if I remember right earlier in the season, uh, De'Aaron Fox's dad had an issue with Marvin Bagley's dad and De'Aaron had a response for that, uh, on the all the smoke podcast. And he quoted saying, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And they later spoke about it, um, thoroughly in the locker room. And for the most part, they aren't really bothered by it. Um, yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting story. I hope that. Marvin Bagley is not traded. I actually let me take that back. I hope that he produces. I really don't per se care what team he's on because the Kings aren't very good right now currently. But I would love to have uh, Marvin Bagley live up to the potential that we saw for him coming into the draft. And I would hope that you know NBA parents will relax a little bit on their Twitter fingers. And a little funny thing is that man, Luke Walton, cannot get away from parents who just blurt shit out. You know, y'all, I know we all remember Mr. Ball. Um, but yeah, what a, it was pretty interesting to say the least. Their record currently, the Kings are sitting at, huh? They're seventh in the uh, West at four and four. So who's to say how this will turn out later in the season, honestly? But for me, you know, either way, you got to step up, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, that's that's really what I got to say for that. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the NBA Canisora Podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram at NBACANNA. I-S-S-E-U-R. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us on wherever you listen to your podcast. Thank you again for listening.